A moving stream runs clean, says Sinclair Canale. My guest today is a certified toxicity and detox specialist who's going to help you assess your toxicity level and get started on getting going with detox the right way. Yep, there's a right way and there's a wrong way. She's going to tell you the right way. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to Her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN Dr. Kieran Dunstan shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. Lean in and get ready to experience the bountiful, blissful, and beautiful vitality that you deserve. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Kieran. Welcome back to another episode of Her Brilliant Health Revolution. Today, we are talking about toxicity. You've heard me talk about toxicity many, many times. I usually talk about hormone balance, but toxicity would come in as a close second because it really is that second level that you need to address to have brilliant health and heal. It's almost impossible to get your hormones right when you haven't detoxified and addressed your gut health, which is part of toxicity. And we're going to be talking about that today with my guest, Sinclair Canale. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about her and then we'll get started. Sinclair is a certified toxicity and detox specialist who focuses on the toxins that are the root cause of our health epidemics today. As a survivor of complex chronic illness, she is passionate about helping others to free themselves from digestive issues and chronic illness to get back to who they truly are. Welcome, Sinclair. Thank you so much, Karen. It's great to be here. So let's start. I want to start with your story because whenever people come to these truths, these health truths in their lives, I think it's very instructive to people listening to see how they got there. Everyone has their unique path, but pretty much we all end up in the same place. So share with everyone how you became a toxicity and detox specialist. The hard way. (laughs) (laughs) Very reluctantly. (laughs) Right? All of us. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, you know, if you're out there searching for your your health guide or your health guru or healthcare provider, I really hope that you are using that as part of your criteria. That it's somebody that you that has had their own health struggles, so that they can approach your your care with a lot of empathy and deep understanding. <laughs> so that's my wish for all of you listening, because that was certainly the case for me. I, I couldn't find somebody that understood what was going on with me. I started out as a kid, you know, definitely chemically sensitive, like, oh, you know, you can't put it on a shirt you just bought from the store because it'll get rashy. I was always a picky eater. Those were kind of early signs. You know, I started out as a very outgoing, extroverted child and then became more and more anxious and introverted over time and had a lot of anxiety and depression issues in junior high and high school. And, you know, we would chalk it up to like normal teenager stuff, moody ups and downs, but extremes. You know, I had eating disorders. I couldn't finish my freshman year of high school. These are kind of early signs, you know, and then I'd pick back up and I'd try to get going again. And then I really crashed in my 20s. And it really came down to toxic exposure and and my inability to detox. But I didn't know that. So by the time I got to that information, I had actually given up and I was trying to drink myself to death because the doctors were all saying your labs are fine. Your hormones are a little off, so that's probably why you're weepy and anxious. Here's a bunch of meds. You know, here's some uppers, here's some downers, here's some anti-anxiety medication, here's some ADD medication, here's some sleep meds, here's some, you know, antidepressants. I mean, you can just imagine the kind of roller coaster they were putting me on. And um, it turned out that I had chronic Lyme disease and Hashimoto's and fibromyalgia. And so a lot of chronic underlying issues, but it all stemmed from my inability to detox, you know, just this this chronic toxin load that I had, heavy metals, et cetera. Yeah. You know, I think you highlight such an important point. 
so many of us who at midlife really start crashing with our health, if we're honest and we look back at our childhoods, we had problems from a young age. Just looking at myself, I always was getting stomach aches and mm. ear infections all the time. You know, even talking to my mom, she said she remembered when she was a kid at certain times being so cold that she would stand in front of the stove and turn it on just to get warm warm, right? Well, that's a sign of thyroid dysfunction, which at a young age is often a sign of not only hormone imbalance, but toxicity. And now knowing what I know, I'm for sure that I was dairy and gluten sensitive when I was a kid. And this caused a lot of the inflammation and infections that I had. So everybody listening, I want you to think back to your childhood. What are some signs that maybe you were accumulating toxicity, or maybe you had some inherited disorders where you didn't detox properly. And so these things were accumulating, but also the mental health, the depression, the anxiety, mood disorders, or learning disorders sometimes have at their root toxicity. So I think it's such an important aspect of toxicity to highlight that isn't really addressed in mainstream medicine. You know, as a mainstream doctor, when I practice mainstream, what's going on right now with you? And we're definitely not usually concerned with your toxicity and your genetic capacities. So I love that you're highlighting this for everyone. So I want everyone to reflect on that. And so how did you come to the realization that at the root of all this was toxicity? Because I'm sure doctors were just, like you said, giving you uppers and downers and pill for every ill. So how, yeah. what was the realization? By the end there at my worst I don't mind telling you, I, I was actually trying to drink myself to death because I could not stand the pain. And because they told me it was all in my head. I was at that point running a multi-million dollar company and I couldn't stand or walk long enough to get to the back of even my own office building to see my employees. I couldn't read an email. I couldn't write a sentence. I was a mess. And I was trying to hide it all because I was afraid that the company would fall apart. You know, I had no friendships left, no community to support me because I wasn't well enough to reciprocate. So it was really my partner, Michael, who didn't give up. He also had chronic health issues that looked very different from mine. So he was on this relentless search of how to fix us. You know, he was looking for the magic bullet. He started out as a therapist, but Luckily, he had a, a, a big research background, so he was able to dive into this. And he actually called me from a European toxicology conference and, I, and said, I know what's wrong with both of us. We're going to fix this. And I didn't believe him. <laughs> you <know? laughs> right? You're like, you're right, honey. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's like, I'm not your project. I don't believe you. I've tried. I thought I had tried everything. You know, and when we say that to ourselves, what we really mean is we've tried everything that we're aware of, but there are so many more solutions out there. So it's really important to maintain hope and stamina, you know, <laughs> and yeah. keep searching. We'll be right back after this short message from our sponsor. Hey there, it's your conscience calling. It's a new year. Just wondering where you are with your resolution. You remember the one to lose some weight and get in shape? You know, life would be a whole lot better if you upped your metabolism, lost a few pounds, had some energy, and could get in your skinny jeans again, right? But I know you don't want to count calories, and I don't want you to either. And working out at the gym is not your idea of fun, or mine. I know you hate the thought that you might fail at weight loss, again, and I do too. And that's why, this time, I've set you up for the ultimate success by working with a doctor who lost 100 pounds at midlife herself by addressing all the hidden causes of weight gain no one's told you about. It's about so much more than diet and exercise. You'll see, Dr. Kieran will tell you all the secrets you need to know to lose 10 pounds and double your energy in the 28-day Jumpstart program. It addresses all the reasons that 90% of weight loss programs fail women at midlife. Yup. It was created by Dr. Kieran after she lost 100 pounds at midlife. She designed it to address the same issues that you're having. Only you don't know you're having them because no one told you. So yes, I heard what you want. And for sure, you totally deserve it. To live in a body that is healthy and vital and supports you in doing everything that you want to do. And to look good doing it while having more fun than you can imagine, I got you. 
And I know you don't want to pay a lot of money to try yet another program. So you'll love the special introductory offer of just $47 to join. Just $47? Girl, you know you spend that on things you can't even remember every single month. What have you got to lose? Nothing. Losing 10 pounds could just be the jumpstart you need to your next level of living. It's all ready for you. Just go to jumpstartyourmidlifemojo.com to get the details on this amazing program and sign up now. Then you can check off, lose weight, and feel great from your to-do list and get back to the things that matter most to you. I heard you, and I've answered. Dr. Kieran's got your resolution covered with the Jumpstart program. I'll see you there. And we're back. It's important to remember that our natural tendency is towards health and we will be optimally healthy. And if you are not, there is always a reason. And I love that you said that you had tried everything within your awareness. So this means that if you have health problems that haven't been properly addressed, you just haven't asked the right questions, you haven't done the right tests, you haven't done the right treatments, there's always an answer. So thank you for highlighting that. Yeah, no matter how ill we are, it's really important to remember that our bodies are brilliant and they never forget how to heal themselves if we can give them the support they need to do it in the order that our bodies want it in. Absolutely. That's crucial when addressing, you know, root cause toxicity issues. So you became his project. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, we tried a lot of detox stuff willy nilly. You know, like, well, maybe this person knows what they're doing. Maybe this one we didn't understand yet that, you know, there's an order that your body needs to be supported in in order to have the energy to detox. And then there's you don't just want to mobilize. You want to have, you know, a lot of really sophisticated binder strategies to binders for people who aren't familiar are a class of supplements that they're like the bouncers in the nightclub. They come in, they take the one guy who's being, you know, a jerk and messing up the party for everybody else. They escort him out the door and all the way down the street. And that's what binders do is they get the toxin all the way out of your body, all the way through excretion. So it's no longer bouncing around and causing damage. Yeah, I think it's important to highlight that there is a specific order of what you need to do when you're detoxing. And when you started talking about this, I was reminded of a friend of mine, but she's not unique. People reach out to me all the time on social media about, I got this detox thing from, you know, this box nutrition store or Walmart or, you know, some other place. And I and I've been using it for a month and I'm I'm feeling a little better. And they like they I did a detox is what they tell me. And I did this thing. And I'm like, I, I hate to t- to bust people's bubble, but it's like, mm, that's great that you're looking for answers and you, you tried something and it's not enough. And so, like you say, binders, I love that, bouncers in the nightclub. So then what happened after you started to being Michael's project? We tried a lot of different chelation strategies for my heavy metal load. And, you know, I would have serious symptoms and reactions to this. You know, like I took a cilantro tincture without any binders on board, and I actually went into a suicidal hysteria that lasted for a couple of days because I did not have the support on board. You know, I was very fragile at that point and I had no no energy and no resilience and certainly no binders on board to protect myself. So mobilizing that mercury was not my friend without, you know, the support in place to to catch it. And that's why I love what you just said, you know, the word detox is unregulated. So you don't want to think about detox in terms of a single product. You want to take a systematic, multi-layered, it's a multi-layered, multi-phase process. You lived your way into this with even just daily tiny amounts of exposure, you're gonna live your way out. It's so you know, that's it's a lifestyle, so, not an event. That's so key. And for anyone listening, do not start with heavy metal detox. I actually had a similar situation, Sinclair. I had actually even done a lot of detox and then started with the heavy metals and chelation and had some of those events where I was near suicidal from it because It's so hard on your body and so toxic. So for anyone listening, do not start with heavy metals. That's not the place to start. And uh, so then what happened? (laughs) Well, we started out with juice and he was like, let's just do, let's just juice for two weeks. 
you know, just two weeks. And I was like, okay, I can get through two weeks of anything. So I just lived on juice. And, you know, I saw a lot of my inflammation go down immediately. And I kind of started to feel a little bit more like myself again. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll try other pieces to this. And he's like, you know, you really, really need to get on some chlorella. And I was like, I don't need that. I'm doing juicing, you know. <laughs> it was all about learning the hard way before we actually got well enough to finally learn and to go into training and learn the systemic, you know, pieces to this. But what's really important that I want people to hear is that I went through trying things willy-nilly, probably just like you are. And so if you're getting detox reactions that's not okay. That's not normal. We talk about the detox flu or Herxheimer reactions. If you're getting those, that means that you do not have the right support on board and adjustments need to be made to your protocol. That's why we always want you to work with a professional so that you're always safe as you mobilize toxins and get them out in the proper order. Yeah. I think that is key, this multi-layered systematic approach led by somebody who knows what they're doing so that you aren't miserable and don't have suicidal episodes or thinking about it. Yeah. The good news is we did get pretty early on some quick, some good advice about making sure that we focus on excretion. You know, excretion is the name of the game. And that what, what that really means is focusing on your drainage because a moving stream runs clean. And if you find yourself with chronic symptoms, whether it's a hormonal imbalance or you know thyroid issues or just really persistent gut issues, whether it's constipation or diarrhea or nausea, that was a huge one for me. I had decades of nausea or food sensitivities, you know, things like that. You've got some accumulation of toxins and you want to think about it as the solution to pollution is dilution. <laughs> so you want to slowly filter this stuff out so that your body is stops getting interrupted in healing itself. That's what toxins really do when you come down to it. Toxins interrupt our body's ability to self-regulate. So we want to slowly increase our drainage and reopen our detox pathways, really obsess over, you know, clean, happy poops lots of hydration, and then bring in, you know, good nutrition, then bring in, you know, the other pieces, you know, living an anti-inflammatory lifestyle, removing the daily toxic exposure in our household, you know, personal care products, then look at, you know, actually upping the ante. And so you did these things systematically, and what happened? What was interesting is it was kind of the best psychological therapy I've ever done, you know because I could feel layers of depression and anxiety almost fall off of me at the rate that the infections were going down, you know, the chronic infections that, um, like I had, my neck was swollen larger than my head, which, you know, they were blaming on, you know, a goiter on my thyroid, but it was really my inability to drain. You know, you could see I was so puffy. My lymph was not moving at all because I had really sluggish bile because my digestion wasn't working. So the more I healed my gut, the more I actually came back to myself, I could actually feel my own personality again. You know, my sister said to me, we hadn't seen each other for several months and I'd been doing this deep detox work. She said, oh my God, you're almost breezy. Like, I don't even recognize you. <laughs> it's so true. That's That's been my experience too for myself and with clients I've worked with, that general puffiness which could be hands and feet, but it could be face, it can be neck, it can be anywhere. It's just a sign of congestion. And that is stuff not moving, fluid not moving, not enough fluid, toxins clogging the drainage pipes, which are primarily, you know, your urine and your poo. You know, one thing I'm curious, I think everyone would love to hear is, where did you get all these toxins from? Yeah, that's a great question. I didn't have any extreme exposure, and that's what I want people to understand is that we've actually 50X'd our toxic burden between 2008 and 2018. So just in 10 years, we went from 10 toxins per cell to 500 toxins per cell. And everybody alive today is, you know, we're multiple generations into what I call the chemical era. You know, everything post-World War II on because we had... A petro, we had a, 
an oil surplus when World War II ended, and they started converting that into herbicides, pesticides, and other household chemicals to use it. Like, we had to use it to keep the economy going. We're all in multiple generations into this, and so we inherit our mother's body burden from toxins from day one. Like, our mothers are our number one source of both mercury and our lead exposure. So if mom and grandma look at your, you know, chronic symptoms or they, you know, did when they were alive and say, you know, I was fine. What's wrong with you? I didn't eat as well as you and I smoked and, you know, I was fine. Like, yeah, well, I took some of that off of you. (laughs) So, yeah. You're welcome. (laughs) And, you know, of course, we know that now that kids being born today, there's, they've got hundreds of chemicals present in the umbilical cord, 97% of placentas recently tested had large amounts of microplastics in them. So we're inheriting this and we're accumulating as we go. Right now we actually import 250 pounds of chemicals in the U.S. per person per day. And that doesn't count herbicides, pesticides, and fuel. So where is all that going? It's going into our food, our food packaging. You know, the runoff from industrial processes is going into our wastewater, which, you know, we think the water coming out of our faucet has been filtered by the municipal you know, water treatment plant, but that doesn't mean they can get out antibiotic waste, microplastics, herbicides, pesticides. They weren't designed for that. And actually we have 12,000 communities in the U.S. that have the same levels of lead in their water or higher as Flint, Michigan. So we think we're in this developed country that everything should just be safe and we don't have to think about it. And actually the opposite is true. The burden is on the consumer in the U.S. to prove to the EPA, this is why you need to regulate this because I'm in so much pain. And that takes years to do. And there's 84,000 registered chemicals. So it's nothing extreme. You don't have to be in extreme exposure to anything. Yeah, I think that's such a good point is that it's just a fact of life for all of us in the post-World War II chemical era. And, you know, when you were talking about what kids are exposed to, I'm thinking to myself and the vaccine schedule, which has aluminum and which is a whole other thing, probably for another discussion. So we're all being exposed to it every day. And really the burden is on us to protect ourselves. That means you can't just drink the water out of the faucet. Thank God we have running water. There are some countries that don't have that. Absolutely. (laughs) Very thankful for that. Right. And we have to filter that water. We have to protect ourselves from the air quality that we breathe in. So let's talk about air quality for a minute. It's one of my pet peeves. (laughs) Those plug-in things, the scented candles, all that. Throw them out. Yes, what is the problem with that? Write right now, open Uber or Lyft and write a complaint email asking in a very strongly worded way, please do not allow your drivers to put in these toxic air fresheners. They can set off serious health symptoms for people and they're carcinogenic, they throw off your hormones, they're, they're a nightmare. They really are, and people just don't get it. There are certain places I have to go on a regular basis where they have those plugins and scents, and I have sent them documentation about how they're carcinogenic and hormone disruptors. They don't care. They just keep pouring it in there. So everybody listening, I know you care because you're here listening. So what are some home items that can be disrupting your air quality? The plug-ins, artificially scented candles, what else? Well, yeah, and it's important to not be, because I think people listening would be nodding along and saying, yeah, of course, I wouldn't put a Glade plug-in in my house, you know. And, it, and you're probably the person in your family that goes over to a family member's house and goes, oh, my God, I can't believe you have that. <laughs> Unplug that. <laughs> Which is wonderful, and we love you for it. <laughs> but you also got to know that there's a lot of greenwashing out there. And so if you see the words all natural on a product, stop and get skeptical because that phrase means nothing, and it's usually covering up. Like, you know, all natural soy candle means that it's still possible and it's quite likely commercially grown, GMO, heavily chemical-laden soy that's now been distilled down and you're actually burning chemicals and off-gassing them into your environment. So if it's not an organic substance, it has to say organic on there in order for it to come into your house if you're going to actually be using it for air quality. Look, air quality is expensive to maintain. I understand that. You know, a really good air purifier is, you know, an investment. But... 
you can open your windows for an hour a day. Please do. Please start that right now because your furniture, even if it's five years old, if it's from Crate and Barrel or, or anywhere that's, you know, it's got foam in it, it's off-gassing every time you sit down on it. It goes poof. And there goes, you know, some phthalates and perchlorates and bisphenol byproducts and all that stuff. So you, you want to be thinking in terms of like my home is off-gassing you know, whether it's your cabinets or your paint from two years ago, I want to refresh because your, your home air quality can actually be several hundred percent more poisonous than your, than the outside air. So we talk about air pollution, like it's outside, (laughs) sweetheart. (laughs) It is. And it's true. Probably most people listening aren't overtly contaminating their air, but maybe they use that dryer sheet and that laundry detergent or that body lotion that says all natural and then the ingredient says fragrance, which is an allowed pseudonym for VOC chemical petroleum byproducts that are scents. So it's, and then the furniture, even a new home will off gas for several years. So everybody's excited to move into a new home. When I see a new home, I think, oh, that's pretty, but I don't want it (laughs) (laughs) because it's going to off gas for a few years. New automobiles off gas as well. So looking at all the places in your home that you're getting this detriment and in your life, that's detrimental air quality. How would somebody know if toxicity is a part of their health? We've talked a little bit about this. I always like to educate people on what signs would I be having to know that I might be over my limit with toxins? The question is not whether or not it's a sign, whether or not it's a contributing factor to your health. It is for all of us at this point, you know, going back to that statistic about 10 toxins per cell in 2008 versus 500 toxins per cell in 2018. The question is whether or not you're noticing it and whether or not it's it's actually impacting your quality of life right now or is it you know under the surface and it become an issue later. So just to reframe that for everyone listening, here are some things that I, I ask that you start with when you're self-assessing because toxic exposure drains us of our life force so slowly over time that we kind of lose our framework of what's normal for us. If you say, yeah, I have good energy, you really want to step back and look at, do I have the same amount of energy that I had 10 years ago without stimulants, without coffee? Like, do I bound out of bed in the morning? If I don't, you know, because you should, you actually should, even in your forties and fifties, you should have plenty of energy, plenty and 60s. You know, we have an 80-year-old client who's been working with us for a long time now, or 82 now, and um, he does handstands in our office just to show off. I mean, it's annoying. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. But yeah, yeah. it was because he was so shaky and he'd lost his memory. He was really terrified that he was going downhill fast. So one thing is energy and, and looking backwards, like what could I do just a few years ago that feels hard now? Another thing is disproportionate emotions. If you feel overwhelmed or stressed all the time, it's not just hashtag 2020. Okay? <laughs> your, <laughs> your toxic exposure will give you a sense of underlying stress and background noise mentally and emotionally that it's like you can't turn it off. You can't ever all the way relax. So that's another sign emotionally. You, you're quick to irritate. You're easily anxious or depressed. It's like work to have a good day. You have to like work it like, okay, focus on the good. Okay. Write my gratitude list. Cause what I really want to do is throw my phone across the room. Cause someone said something stupid on Facebook. These are disproportionate reactions. You've lost your resilience and sweetheart, you have a right to resilience. You have a right to feel good. So <laughs> that's a slogan. We have a right to resilience. We do. We do. Yeah. <laughs> so those are emotional symptoms. And also if you can't let things go, emotionally, like I just, I'm still thinking about that stupid thing that my brother-in-law said a week ago at family dinner or whatever. I guess we don't have family dinners anymore right now, but which is really sad. But those are emotional examples that are great. You know, not being able to let go of resentments. These are signs of toxicity because heavy metals are proven. There are hundreds and hundreds of studies that show heavy metals distort your emotions. And then there comes the physical symptoms themselves. So if you have, if you feel like you're aging and fast forward, you know, you probably are. And it's probably your toxic exposure underneath. Like, well, I spent $20,000 on my face because I was... 
and it wasn't injections. It was like lasers and resurfacing and all sorts of dumb stuff, trying to look younger because when I was, by the time I was 31, I was getting mistaken for being in my late fifties. And that's what I'm talking about where you look at in the mirror and you go, this isn't right. Something's wrong. My intuition is telling me this is going too fast. And then comes like the, the actual skin issues. So rashes, easily irritated, itchy, flaky, the scars that won't heal very slow, wound healing, like, oh, I get a cat scratch. Well, that's going to take weeks to heal. You know, it shouldn't, babe. It shouldn't. And then you get the puffiness, the sluggishness, the joints aching, especially in the morning, feeling stiff as you get out of bed, not sleeping well. I can't tell you how many clients started with us that said, oh yeah, I sleep fine. And then by the time we're done fixing their sleep, they go, oh my God, that's what sleep is? (laughs) I call it the nectar of life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's so beautiful. I love that. And then you've got gut sensitivity. It's huge one. So if you're not pooping one to three times a day, you are backed up. So that's, and that's an eye opener for a lot of people. And if you don't naturally poop, if you have to have coffee to poop, or, you know, you have to take a laxative tea of some kind, that's not normal. And that's a sign of sluggish bile, which is a sign of toxicity. And then, you know, food sensitivity, like, oh, I can't eat dairy. It gives me bloating and gas and weird stuff. Or I have certain foods, like my dad couldn't eat, you know, high FODMAP foods, like eat a pear and he'd be in, you know, serious discomfort for three days. Mm -hmm. That's a sign of toxicity because you've got dysbiosis. Attention issues, that's a sign of leaky gut because you've been exposed to pesticides and herbicides. Even if you're eating a fully organic diet, you can have up to 70% the herbicide and pesticide exposure that everybody else does in the mm-hmm. same food. What are some other ones? Nausea, that was a huge one for me. That just that feeling like, oh my God, I have to work so hard just to get through simple tasks. I had a huge light bulb moment several months into my detox where I was down visiting my parents and I just pulled my suitcase out of the car and I forgot something in the car and I walked down the driveway again like it was nothing. And it was like an epiphany, like, oh my God, I'm walking down the driveway. <laughs> And it's not hard. <laughs> These are the little things, you know. It's so true. Toxicity just can make everything seem exhausting, overwhelming. And when you just peel all those layers off, I find that it's eye-opening. And I just want to emphasize what you shared about, number one, it's really not what symptoms do I have because we all have this problem. And I always say that the people who have symptoms are the lucky ones because they know there's a problem and they're going to do something to investigate it and address it. The people who don't have symptoms are the ones who dismiss and say, I don't have toxicity. (laughs) But it happens so gradually over time that it really does become your new norm. So you say, I have great energy, but you're right. Do you really? Do you really without coffee? Do you really without sitting on the couch for several hours a day being a couch potato that's not what great energy is and thank you for highlighting some of the symptoms they can be just global in terms of your systems in your body they can be more specific for some people and I would love to kind of talk a little bit more about weight gain and toxicity that's one of my favorite topics for women at midlife weight is 60 percent of us at menopause are overweight or obese and you know most women aren't aware that toxicity is a part of that so what would you say about that it's really telling that when you look at what the amount of of course i don't go with the calorie intake model when it comes to food but when you look at the way we were eating in the 80s and the amount of calories that we were eating the amount of exercise the average woman was doing we'd have to exercise several more hours per week and intake far less calories and be extreme in our diet just to have the same results today. And that those studies were actually, the punchline was always toxicity. I wanna tell all the women out there, it's not your fault, it's not normal. It's actually common now to have this persistent stubborn weight gain, but it's not normal. And there is help and hope for you, especially if you're getting that weight gain around the middle That's a sign of sluggish bile. That's a sign of sluggish lymph. That's a sign of hormone distortion that's been thrown off by toxic chemicals, you know, and your your, everything from your thyroid to your liver is not being able to produce and manage your hormones correctly. And we're also obsessed with cholesterol with this age group. That's also affected by your liver's health and your liver's toxicity levels. So when it comes to 
stubborn weight, I want you to think about detoxing it off instead of exercising or dieting it off. It will fall off at the rate that it is safe for your body to release the weight because a large class of toxins are, we call them obesogens because our body's number one strategy, if we can't get it out the door quickly, is to go store it in fat. It's like, okay, I'm not in a position to get this out safely for whatever reason. There's either too much of it or it's just going to recirculate, you know, and get absorbed back into the gut lining and up into our spinal cord. So my strategy is to just put it in fat, just shove it away from my vital organs, just get it away from me, right? And so you want to think about that stubborn weight gain as the originating issue was your toxic exposure, whether it was the you know, just your food, your water, your air, it doesn't have to be something extreme. And you can certainly approach it with food as a first supporting layer, like eating in an anti-inflammatory way so that your body can do the detox work. But that's layer one. What are your thoughts, Karen? Yeah. And we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. Hey there, it's me again, your conscience. Just letting you know, I did hear you. The question is, Did you hear me? Go to jumpstartyourmidlifemojo.com now to sign up for Dr. Kieran's next challenge starting soon. Pause this recording and go to the website now. We'll wait for you. Dr. Kieran's got you covered in achieving your resolutions this year. I'm always looking out for you. You're welcome. We're back. I say it too, and I love it when I hear somebody saying to me exactly what I say all the time and explaining it in a different way. So it's exactly right. And most people don't get that the excess fat is not just unwanted decoration. It's a storage unit for what? Calories, which is fat, and toxins. But your body can't open those fat cells and take the fat out and burn it for fuel because all those toxins will be liberated. And you talked about drainage pathways earlier. If your drainage pathways aren't open, your pee, your poop, your breath, if everything's not functioning to to get everything out, your body, if it liberates those toxins, they're just going to circulate in your body and damage your cells. So it says, oh no, I can't let go of this weight. So it is absolutely one of the first things that needs to be done to release the weight. So I I wholeheartedly agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you you mentioned 60% of women, what what was your statistic just now? 60% of women at menopause are overweight or obese. Yes. And 80% of women 40 or older have sluggish toxic bile. Bile, ladies, for I know it's not a pretty word in our English language, but it really is our liquid gold. It's expensive for us to make, and it's also profoundly useful. It's made in the liver, and it's supposed to flush through every time we digest into our digestive tract to help break down the fats and flush out the toxins so that they get excreted through our poop. That's our body's favorite way to do it, our primary way of excreting toxins and waste. And of course you have, you know, the kidneys for water-soluble toxins and, you know, your skin for sweating out, which of course we don't do really very much anymore. When you have too much tox- too many toxins on board, that bile is getting recycled by your liver and stored in your gallbladder because it's expensive to make and it's getting more and more sluggish and laden down with toxins. And your your liver and gallbladder say, okay, this stuff is really toxic and it's hurting my ability to do my job. I know, I make cholesterol here, I'm gonna encase this in cholesterol and keep myself safe. And that's how gallstones and liver stones are formed. You know, and that they get ever more compacted in there. You know, you just Google gallbladder stones and you'll see gallbladders cross-sectioned and they're just packed, packed with different size stones in there, different colors. It's fascinating. And you can actually get those out without any pain, just so you know. But you that's a that's a late stage detox strategy, and you want to be working with, in, under someone's care while you do that. Yeah, great point you think about bioflow in order to get that weight off. Right. The gallstones. So, you know, women in their 40s, we used to have a saying in residency about who got gallstones. It was women who were the F's, 
female, fat, and 40. That was who got the gallstones and had to have their gallbladder out, which I don't love that saying, but it highlights the point that if you have gallstones, yes, you are toxic, period. And these can be reversed and resolved naturally, but it does require a very methodical approach yes. with somebody who knows how to do it. So I encourage people, if you don't have an acute issue that you need to have surgery to have your gallbladder removed, immediately because it's infected to take the natural route because once it's removed you don't have that capacity to store the bile and then release it when it's needed and it just kind of drips out willy-nilly which isn't optimum for your digestion so in order to really address your toxicity you need to have tuned up digestion can you help everyone understand why digestive health gut health is essential and what it has to do with toxicity. Well, gut health is essential for everything that every process that we have in our bodies, right? It's not just about breaking down our food and distributing the nutrients to our cells. It's also the way that our body excretes the toxins and waste that like our, our cells and our normal functions create their own toxic waste, just with their normal functions that they perform daily. And so those have to get excreted and filtered out through our lymph down through our digestive tract and out. So you want to have a healthy gut lining, which is impossible to do if you're not actively detoxing right now because we're all getting exposed to glyphosate every day. Glyphosate is that fun active ingredient in Roundup made by Monsanto. For those of you who aren't following the news, Monsanto's been target of hundreds of millions of dollars of litigation because of its profoundly toxic effects, you know, with Roundup. And we're using four and a half billion pounds of this stuff a year worldwide. So it's now in 75% of our air and 75% of our water. And so, and it's also patented as an antibiotic. So we're getting this daily dose of this herbicide and antibiotic that's disrupting our gut lining and causing dysbiosis. And so we want to be actively protecting our gut and healing our gut lining every day so that our guts can do what they were supposed to do. You know, our gut brain is our first brain. It's sending out a ton of neurological signals. For every 10 signals that our gut sends to our brain, our brain only sends one back. Our guts are talking all day long. They're processing our emotions and our events around us as well as our food and our waste. So it's a profound energy center and you know we, we have all these metaphors in our language that tell us that, well, I listened to my gut or my gut told me that was gonna happen and you know I didn't listen and then I had a problem. You know, I, our guts are brilliant. So we want to be protecting them with the food that we eat and having a couple of supplements on board that just help actively heal the gut lining every day and allow our guts to manage our microbiome ourselves. Right. So most probiotics on the market are actually pretty damaging because they cause further dysbiosis. You know, yeah. they're... <laughs> so that that's a whole we'll have another episode about that. yeah i was thinking as you're talking oh my god we are going to be talking for three hours so we'll definitely have to have you back and talk specifically about gut health and we have a few more minutes left i just want to ask you because you had a great blog post recently on debunking the top detox myth so what would be those myths and what would you say about them yeah, so the number one detox myth, right, is that you don't need to detox. And what, you know, why are doctors saying that? Why are doctors poo-pooing, you know, detoxes? Well, in part because the word detox is unregulated. So that's another myth that it's like detox is a tea, or maybe it's a protein bar because it says the word detox on it, or the Kardashian said that this will detox me. <laughs> no, girl, stop saying that. No, Doctor Kardashian. <laughs> I guess if you get a big enough check, you can call yourself a That's myth one is that you don't need to detox. And the reason why your doctor is not talking to you about detox is because doctors get an average of seven hours of environmental toxin education in their entire academic career. What they don't know, they can't teach you what they haven't heard. So unless your doctor is actively keeping up and expanding their knowledge base all the time, this is such a rapidly moving issue. It takes 40 years for new data to reach mainstream awareness. We don't have that kind of time right now. So that's myth number one. And of course, doctors get 21 hours of food education total in their academic career. And we get people all the time with complex gut issues coming to us as clients, you know, colitis, irritable bowels, you know, all sorts of stuff. And they say, well, my doctor said food wouldn't make a difference. I'm like, oh my God, 
Okay, I want to scream right now. I want to scream right now. So that is so true. And what planet are they living on? I mean, I'm speaking as one who used to believe that because that's what I was taught in medical school and residency. But it's so untrue. So anyway, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's funny because I don't know if you know who Dr. Christian Northrup is. You know, she's written a bunch of best-selling health books, and she's a health pioneer, and she was a student in one of our classes, which, of course, freaked me out, but we ended up connecting, and she's a wonderful person. I was sort of apologizing to her when she became a student, like, well, I'm not a doctor. I'm a toxicity specialist. Said, Good. You don't have to unlearn everything that we were taught that's wrong. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. So a couple other quick myths to dispel for you ladies is we already talked about how detox is not a tea or a single product. It's a process. You know, you lived your way into this over time and you're going to live your way out. So you want to think about detox as a lifestyle, not an event, because that's another detox myth. I'm going to do a three-day detox or a 10-day detox. And sweetheart, what you're really responding to in the marketing is that you're going to have reduction in your symptoms of inflammation, which is great. You want to eat in an anti-inflammatory way. That's, you know, level number one so that your body has energy to actually do some of this repair and detox work. But that is really only level, level one. One last myth that we can bust is that, you know, one diet or detox, quote unquote, diet fits all. And that is definitely not the case. We each have our own exposures that have created further dysbiosis for us in our guts. And so you're going to see all these best-selling books. And it's like the candida diet, you all, everybody has candida or the, you know, SIBO diet. Everybody's got SIBO. And you really have to become your own detective and really look at how your body is responding to certain foods because that matters the most. You know, detox is not a diet, but also in, on your way to detox, one diet does not fit all. And you have to really pay attention to what your body is saying at that time. And testing will help you with that, but uh, it, only, it will only take you so far. You also have to listen to your lived experience every day. Great. Any other mm-hmm. myths? Oh my God, so many. One thing I want to say in terms of detox myths in general is that you want to choose a guide that really understands what they're talking about and that they're you're really listening for their expertise and really put them through their paces, okay? Because if someone is telling you that clean living is enough, that's another detox myth. Clean living is not enough anymore. And we think of clean living as like, I mostly eat healthy. I don't eat too much bread. I have vegetables every day and I exercise a few times a week. That's wonderful, sweetheart, but it's not enough anymore. You know, I wish it was. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's so true. And we're lulled into this. I don't know if it's willful denial, but like I eat pretty good. I don't eat that much bread. I don't, you know, I don't drink that much alcohol. I don't don't drink that much coffee. I sleep pretty good. And a couple wine bottles a week. Yeah. Or I don't drink and I don't smoke. So I shouldn't have any health problems. Right. And I stand at my desk. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. And so, and I don't, we're very proud of you. It's just not enough. (laughs) Right. And I don't say this to, to, I'm not making fun because I do this too. We all do it, but we all need a coach in our lives who reality checks us and says, yeah, you know what, if you're not getting the results that you want and your health isn't where you want it to be, then there's a reason why I have to have a health coach. I have business coach. I have health coaches because they have to reality check me. And I want to say, well, you know, I do a podcast a week. I do that. And they're like, yeah, reality check. You haven't posted on Instagram in three months. <laughs> oh, so, boom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so we all do it and we all need accountability. So these are great. I love debunking myths because myths do take a light on a life of their own and people really believe them and then they live their life by them. And before they know it, it's 10 years later and they haven't gotten where they wanted to be with their health. And it's because they were believing these myths that are put out in social media and media all the time. And so I think it's so important for people like us to come in and say, that's not true. This is the truth. So thank you for for sharing that. This has been so wonderful talking with you. I so appreciate you coming on the podcast. It's been a joy to be here. And I already love your audience because I can tell that you're so brilliant. I want to hang out with you more because obviously this is, this is like, I think the most important conversation of our time because you really do deserve to feel amazing in your body. 
no matter how old you are, especially with the resources we have available to us today. That's, I guess, the last myth that I would bust is that you have to feel deprived of comfort and joy while you detox. And that's not the case at all. So if you're expecting to, that you have to give up everything that makes life worth living on a daily <laughs> basis, what you're really going to give up is your crutches that helped you survive. And you're going to get back your natural resilience and your joy for life, which has been under there all along. You just didn't have access to it. That is quotable and beautifully said. I usually end each episode by asking my guests the top three take action tips. You have two wonderful gifts for everyone. So I'm just going to say this is going to be the first take action tip would be to go and download Sinclair's free gift. She's got a five-day free challenge. She's going to tell you a little bit about that. And she also has a free quiz you can do to find out if you need to detox and get some tips on how to begin. Do you want to add anything about your challenge and the quiz? Yeah, the challenge is super fun. Like we were talking about before, food can it needs to be that first layer. Where, so you're you're taking out some of that background inflammatory noise and really listening to how your body needs to eat to prepare yourself for deeper healing. And that's what the five day free challenge is about. So that's called Listen to Your Gut, and it, we help you look at different lists of symptoms to find out what way is best for you to eat, and we help you build your own personalized custom food list of foods that actually help support your body in healing and still bring you joy. Perfect. And do the detox quiz. So I'm going to put that as your t- number one take action tip. What would be two and three? I would think about every week, this is a little bit of homework for you. So how can I take my low tox living lifestyle a little further? So today, if you've got Glade plugins, you're going to throw them in the trash. Next week, you're going to get into a rhythm of like, you know, opening your windows an hour a day. You're going to slowly change out your Teflon pans to you know, non-toxic, heavy stainless steel or tempered glass to cook in. And then you can actually do things like add a little bit of zeolite into your laundry loads to clean out the old tide that's hiding in there throughout your dryer sheets. Think about it like a project, like what's my low tox thing for this week? And just keep easing in because this is not your fault that you've been exposed to this and that life is harder than it needs to be, but it is your job to fix it, sweetheart. Awesome. And any last tips? Take actions? Did we do three? I'm like, I I don't know. (laughs) Hydrate boosting foods. So step away from the spinach, pick up the arugula. Okay, let's do that. That'll be awesome. So thank you so much. And my last question for you that I love to ask all my guests, the name of the podcast is Her Brilliant Health Revolution. What does that mean to you? Oh my God. To me, that means like taking back your power not outsourcing your health to anyone else. Certainly no one in a a white lab coat. You can use them as your guides, you know, use us as your guides for sure. But your health is your journey and your brilliant life, your brilliance, like your IQ, your emotions, your joy for life is all hiding under there. So that's what that means to me. So you do the work and you, you get all of that back. Great. Thank you so much, Sinclair Kenaley. I want to make sure I say it right, Kenaley. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Everybody be well. We've got your back. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media and send it to someone who would benefit from it. If you love the show and really want to support it, please go to iTunes, write a review and subscribe. This helps other women find us so that they too can heal and enjoy brilliant health. I've got a gift for you. If you take a screenshot of your review, post it on your social media and tag me, I'll send you a special surprise right to your inbox. Thank you so much for joining me. And remember, healing and getting optimally healthy isn't magic, it's science.